You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. We're basically counting down to episode 100 at this point. This is episode 98. If you're going to be in New York City over the next couple weeks and would like to join us for the live events celebrating the 100th episode, it's going to be on November 19th at 7 p.m. at Arts on Site down on St. Mark's Place. My guest will be Jesse J. Perez, who's an actor, director, choreographer, and teacher. He's a dear friend of mine, and I've wanted to have him on ever since I started this thing. Also, jazz pianist, composer, and activist Samora Pinder-Hughes, who is my guest on episode 49, will be playing a few songs. And Brendan Spieth, from episode 4, will be playing the Compass theme music live. It's going to be a lot of fun. I really hope you can join us. It's a $15 suggested donation at the door. Space is limited, so please email thecompasslive at gmail.com as soon as you can, and I'll put you on the reserved seating list. I'm hoping to also stream it on Facebook Live, if that all works out with technology. (laughs) So you can catch it there, or it will be released as a normal podcast episode the Friday after Thanksgiving week, December 1st. My guest today is Mirarai Satola. She is a lovely actor who I saw in a show at the Bushwick Star back in March with several other actresses who have been guests on the podcast, and our paths keep crossing, and we were reconnected by our friend, Ceci, and it was such a pleasure to get to talk to her. She's starting a new initiative called iDefy, A-Y-E-D-E-F-Y dot com, if you want to look it up, and she will describe it much better than me in the conversation. I'm always excited when people find that thing that they're really, really excited to pursue alongside their art or um, kind of an an offshoot of their artistic passion. She can currently be seen in School Girls or the African Mean Girls play um, off-Broadway at the Lucille Lortel Theater. I hope you enjoy the 98th episode of The Compass. Nice. Start us off. Nice. So nice. So <laughs> light. So lovely. Yeah. Uh, well, I am practicing and working towards being more mindful always. I don't have a set meditation practice, but I think about it a lot. <laughs> you think about starting I think lot? about meditating a lot. Okay. Um, no, I actually, you know, it's sometimes it is just napping or just like sitting somewhere and just like still um slowing down yes taking walks the other day Mm. i walked from 42nd to like 14th union square it was a really favorite thing about this city it was a really nice day one and the stroll was so beautiful and i really needed to that day actually i was feeling very yeah, I was feeling very dark sidey. <laughs> uh, do you listen to like music or podcasts when you're doing something like that? I I typically don't actually. Yeah. I on my way here actually I was doing a slow stroll, um, and I had music in, but 
it was just because it was a new album and I was like really into it mm-hmm. um and but typically no I I like to if I'm going to walk I like to be present to the sounds and to the people um and yeah I went on a walk last night too <laughs> yeah so oh, walking the season yeah <laughs> yeah, a nice one yeah I do I do like walking and being like like mindful walks too about like what I'm taking in in my environment um and what does the dark side look like for you most often um it looks like and feels like being overwhelmed Mm -hmm. um it looks like not wanting to get out of bed um, which is weird when it's like, yeah, well, to help that, I'll nap. <laughs> but, like, when it's conscious, like, I need to just, like, take 20 minutes or 30 minutes and just, like, phone off and just give myself that time to, like, rest. Um, yeah, that's different from really That's different from being, being like, I bed. don't want to get out of bed. <laughs> um, and it, it's uh, a thing that has been happening recently is, like, it's exhaustion and then it feels super heavy. Mm-hmm. Um on and in my body and um some of that could be from a trigger I didn't even know it was a trigger um that was the most recent time that the darkness came upon me I love this I love <laughs> no because I I really love like embracing talking about that Good. um yeah I think that too often we just pretend that everything's just fine oh yeah no everything's great yeah everything's cool just auditioning everything's good yeah (laughs) yeah and I have to and I think the I get I am getting better or wanting to get better about just being really grateful and like open with my success Mm -hmm. um and also being very clear and direct about when things aren't going so well even if it's personal stuff and I'm not like you know out here trying to be like raw and like unhealthy about it exactly but, like I don't um, think it's about being a Debbie Downer or like yeah. wallowing in it yeah but I think there's something healthy about honesty so and that people don't feel like they're the only one exactly yeah. and that that's for like a year and a half there was a part of my life that I just it wasn't necessarily that it was private but it was very confusing and toxic and um emotionally manipulative um and in terms of my relationship to a certain person and mm-hmm. I so that that was happening over a year and a half and then after it like trying to come out of that was like clawing through my insides to like let myself come out because it was like a lot of shame and I was like I didn't even know what I was dealing with and I didn't like I said earlier like I didn't know if I would have triggers what they would be like what mm-hmm. <laughs> what what would happen if I was triggered by um, the end of that relationship so that's been my practice since that I think has been like being open and honest about shame and mess and um, clear about the fact that like I know that I'm super grateful for like all the wonderful opportunities I've had since moving to New York Um, and also that like I'm human being (laughs) I am human and that's really cool like I'm I feel super grateful to be a human like I love pets too but like (laughs) I'm glad to be yeah I'm glad to be a human and that that is complex a lot of different things yeah Yeah. absolutely 
How long have you lived in New York now? Four-ish years. And I say ish. I, I moved to uh, the city proper after undergrad. And then I spent a year trying to figure out what it was to be a New York actor. Mm-hmm. Um, backstage, playbill, submissions, non-act life. And then I spent nine months in Louisville um, training as oh, an apprentice. You, you did the apprenticeship. That's yeah, awesome. I did. Yeah. Do you um, know Stephanie Wright Thompson, the Mad Ones? Did yes, they come I back do. And teach when you were there. Yes, she was. She there? I don't think she was there that year. So it was oh, okay. Lila, Mark, mm-hmm. Joe. Um, but yes, because the community is yeah lovely and small, and that way, uh, we have been connected. So yeah, I did that for nine months. And then came back. And I came back to Brooklyn, and I've been in Brooklyn ever since. What was the difference between the first time you came to New York and when you came back from Louisville? Did it feel any different? Or did it it feel did. The same? It actually was like a difficult transition, and I didn't expect that. The apprentice program changed the changed my life, and there aren't that many yeah. things that I say that about. Um, and and one just career wise like that it was different to like be like oh I'm doing meetings with agents what is this about right. will I even get signed and you, <laughs> you know? meet a lot of people while you're there yeah the, they're from Humana and everybody from, from Humana from yeah and all the guest artists as well yeah. and like that family really is what that created for me like an artistic family and a home it was there for nine months it was my home yeah. that's why I'm like well it wasn't four full no, but years it makes a big difference <clears throat> Yeah. yeah. Um and it and it was hard that because it was the first time in my young life that I it was theater 24/7 and um on paper it was amazing to be surrounded with that many beautiful artists from not just New York but Seattle and LA and Chicago um and what was really beautiful was getting to experience the fact that you could be a theater artist and it not necessarily have to be in New York and that there were mothers and dads and that just it opened my eyes to the fact that like yes this can be a career and you can do it and so that was like really affirming and life-changing part um and also the hard part was that I had never just dived into theater fully because because when you were an undergrad it was I mean, it was a BFA program, but it was still, I was super involved in other extracurriculars and like, all consuming. No, no. And, and I, and I loved that. And that's how I was in high school too. It was like, yeah, I was in drama club, but also like newspaper. And I didn't, so I did have to find something outside of theater while I was in Louisville to like ground me. Because at a certain point I was like, who am I? What did you find? Because you don't have much time left. (laughs) Um, What did I find? I don't know why I got so excited about that question. What did I find? What did you find? find? Uh, You know, one, I made a friend who was like a Louisvillian. Who was not part of the theater. Who was not a part of the theater. Um, And I I went on, this is all like super aligned and coming together. Um, What I'm about to say, I went on what I called the Louisville church tour. Okay. Um, I would just there was this one night where I I don't know what was happening, but I think it was the first time that like the dark side was creeping in, but I didn't know 
what it was. I was just like, I'm really upset. I don't want to be in this apartment with my three other roommates. Like, and and everything was just like too much. And I, the middle of the night, I left my like apartment and I went on a walk and I didn't, I don't even, I think I brought my phone, but I'm not positive. And I just walked and I walked and I walked and I walked and I ended up at a church. The doors were open to the church as they're supposed to be technically. And I was like, huh okay and I grew up in the church non-denominational but this Uh was like a like Catholic probably church (laughs) I like walked in and I like sat in one of the first pews and I just sat there and I cried and I was like okay cool (laughs) and then I walked home and um so yeah I think that was like my first like mindful walk of just like I'm just gonna let my feet my wonderful feet on this wonderful body let take me to wherever I need to be um so yeah I kind of found my way into and then I like my friend who I met um Macy who was a nanny and had her own business um was uh, very religious um and so I went to her church a few times and Mm -hmm. that was nice um to find that like spiritual grounding and I haven't been to a church here and I like don't have that pull right now, but like in Louisville, like that was the thing, and I was like, okay, okay, it's so nice just to be in a different community. Absolutely. And I went to this like service on like St. Luke's Day. It was and it was so strange. I participated, but I had to go. I like <laughs> I was just like I'm going. I went to like maybe three or four different like churches, with different denominations. Yeah, yeah. That's what I found. It's also interesting. <laughs> interesting to be a traveler in the country you already live in mm-hmm. you know right. like the United States is so huge yeah and sometimes if you're traveling within the United States you don't really give it the kind of attention that you would if you were traveling through Europe or something like yeah and um looking at it with those kinds of eyes where you're really trying to soak everything up and see all the differences in the culture and yeah. stuff like that so what what was it like when you came back to New oh, York yes. after that um I think because I eventually found like solid grounding and um, it was the pace was slower um, despite the fastness of what we were doing at Actors Theater. But so coming back, I, I it was just so fast, so quick, and I felt really closed off. Um, and I don't know why, but I also was like, okay, now I have to like reacclimate to like the life that I, I had created a bit of a life before I left um, and feeling like I had to like catch up on nine months of whatever everyone else was doing <laughs> <laughs> while I was in Kentucky. Um, and yeah, I remember once like riding the D train um, and it went from like Columbus Circle to like 125th and I was, I panicked on the train mm-hmm. and I was like, and I knew I couldn't get off because it was express so (laughs) and I was like this is hard and I didn't think it would be hard I was like ready to drop in and then eventually it passed and like I got back into the the grind of it all um signed with an agent and then like auditioned for a show and I got my card and like then I felt settled again I guess um and I think also I, I had a day job um, 
uh, selling merchandise at different Broadway shows. And so I just needed to get back into some sense of a routine. Um, and yeah, so the transition was difficult, but it, it happened (laughs) and I'm still here. I hope that answered your question. No, it did. I was just curious also. Yeah. Like how you felt different as an artist when you came back or if you felt in the different auditioning after that or things like that too. I think what I learned, even though I, when I, right when I got back, I didn't realize I'd learned this was that I, like I had a type and that was okay. Mm. And by type, like I knew that I looked five. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, like I don't, I'm, even if my soul feels however old it might feel like, and that was okay. It's like, you look young and you're going to play young Mm. and like capitalize, and it's, yeah. And it was a good thing. And I don't think I ever thought it was a bad thing, but I didn't realize how much opportunity there was in that until yeah. I got back and was just like able to, and had a team that supported me. That um, could help find those opportunities. That could help too. find those opportunities and like just really leaning into that. Um, how does that feel when you're playing a role that's much younger than yourself? Um, have you had times where it, it kind of feels like a burden because you're just like, I want to be seen as my full woman self. Yeah. <laughs> or or do you, have you found a, like a way to go into it where it's joyful and like. It, um, it honestly depends on the role, I think. Yeah, of course. Um, I had a recent experience where it was reading a workshop or something like that. And it, the room was joyful and wonderful and what the piece was like, wonderful, wonderful. But it it had reached a point where I was like, ooh, like I don't know that I can do silent and young anymore. Like it, mm. it like specifically, I was like, I feel silenced in a way. Yeah. yeah. And I and I'd like it was that thing where I was like, I've I've done this. Yeah. And this story is for someone else to tell. And I think that for me, like that was also like really empowering. To know that, like, great, I'm glad that, like, I put my hands and my artistry on this at this stage, but, like, there's not a bone in my body that would want to put that to production. Mm. Um, And I realized it through the process, which was great, because I was realizing that, like, the questions that I had or the need to want to speak for this character were, like, that's not not what the playwright wants. But it's, like, as an actor, knowing that, like, I can't be the one to shape this role. It feels, like, weird and conflicting. Um, But, yeah, I found, like, yeah, a lot of times, like, right now, like, it's the first time I'm getting to do a comedy, actually. And I think... Really? Yeah, on stage. I've... I I don't remember. Maybe I have done one. um, Maybe in high school. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, yeah. um, Because I know we don't know each other very well, but I've been observing your Instagram. (laughs) And you seem very funny to me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thanks. You seem I, like you have a clown inside of you. I do. I'm like, so, do you see? <laughs> Bouncy. I'm like, it's here. It's here. Um, it's here. So to me, I would cast you in a comedy anytime. Oh, thanks. Thank you. I, well, I guess, yeah. And also, I guess it's, it's a bit of a, it's not, it's not fully the truth because we did Frontier as well. So it was like a no, comedy. Yeah. But like, I wasn't. In 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 that was I don't know what I would that was such a unique <laughs> that was a un- yeah dark comedy 
I don't know what you There was something about it that was, and, and I think my role in it specifically wasn't, yeah. yeah, like, the relief. Like, in this play right now, it's so wild. I'm like, oh, like, that is funny, and I get to say it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, like, people, and, and it's interesting where I'm like, I can't laugh at myself. <laughs> Like, I actually can't. Um, but I have to, like, develop that skill now. Like, I'm like, I'm, I have to tell myself every day that I'm not funny, I'm not funny. I'm not funny so that I can... Right, because she doesn't like necessarily not, know. It's not funny. It's just who she is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what the project is so that listen- oh. listeners know what oh. you're working on? Yes. Um, so, School Girls, or the African Mean Girls Play, um, by Jocelyn Bio. It's having its world premiere at MCC. And... Um, it's such a joyous room. Um, we're being directed by Rebecca Tishman. And um, I think, and so it's um, based in Ghana at a boarding school. Um, and I think the tagline is like, how far would you go to be Queen Bee? Um, <laughs> and uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful, funny story that I'm stunned that I get the chance to be a part of um I have been very fortunate to be in like pretty inclusive and diverse rooms actually throughout my time in New York um and this one is wild like I think on day two or three of table work we were like huh this is there are all women in here like stage management the assistant to the playwright everybody in the room and I was gonna say isn't it an all-female cast it's an all-female cast yeah and and like in terms of the design team you know there are there are a few um male identifying designers but yeah it's like very it's very female (laughs) you know um and to I was thinking about it last week I was like there would be times in rehearsal like if I wasn't in a scene I would look around and be like this is weird and then I was like it's weird that this is weird yeah and then I would like and then I would let it go and be like this is great just enjoy it yeah just enjoy it but I'd look around and be like oh man there are no men there are men okay <laughs> <laughs> but like do you think men if they're in rooms of all men are like oh there are no women no right <laughs> so, so I was like so, so it's not weird like it's cool that's awesome yeah um that's really cool. having a good time we start tech this week and uh, yeah, I mean, it, we're getting new pages and like really trying to um, just let the story that Jocelyn wrote be seen um, in a beautifully funny and authentic way. That's authentically her voice. Like she's actually, <laughs> oh my God, this story. <laughs> I, I'd seen Jocelyn in um, an Octoroon. Like right when I got back from Louisville, because she's an actor and playwright. She's an yes, she's an actor and a playwright. Um, she got, I believe, she got her MFA from Columbia in playwriting. Um, I'd seen Octoroon. It was the first play I'd seen since being back um, from Louisville, and I was blown away. I mean, that play is amazing. I was, and to even get in because it was like sold that, out. I didn't see it in that run. I saw mm. it the next, the one in Brooklyn. Okay. I did it again. Yeah, I and I was so happy to have gotten in but I didn't know any of I 
didn't know any of the artists so everyone felt like really like fancy I was like we're so <laughs> rep and saw her in it but didn't think twice about it except that she was very funny and I was like cool awesome wow theater yes glad we're still doing this Mirai and then like I said I, uh, my day job at the time was selling merchandise at different Broadway shows so I don't I don't really know the timing of this but eventually the company I worked for we had Curious Incident as one of our shows and one of the days that I was selling over there, I am downstairs like preparing all this stuff, and like Jocelyn and I think the um, the standby for the main character are downstairs because they all did like a w- group warm up before the show. And she comes over and says like the sweetest thing to me, even though like I had clocked her, I was like, oh, that's the woman who was in Octoroon, <laughs> <laughs> and now she's on Broadway, amazing. Um, and so she came over and was like. Hey, were you were you in Broad City? And I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, oh my gosh, yeah. We were just talking about how we thought we recognized you. Like you were so funny. And I was like, what? I'm fangirling over you. And and it was just a beautiful like moment of like, <laughs> and also like I'm selling t-shirts to your show, but like just a beautiful moment of like artists loving on artists. And like now really that sweet. I get to work with her, it's like. Um, it's really dreamy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally dreamy. Yeah. And I know you write as well. I do. What form does your writing take? A lot. Or Most does it ever take the playwriting form or is it? Um, there's a play that's different. there's a play that's been in my soul for like five years that's not finished. Um, but more on that later. <laughs> um, uh, I said like about a month ago, I was like, I'm finishing it this year. So now that I've said it out loud we'll see but um (laughs) blogging most in the blog form yeah um uh, not until like last year would I have like really answered that with a strong yes and it's still something that I'm like owning in in terms of like being a writer um yeah but I do like it and I and I think the part of me that's like working on owning it is that like it's working on believing that I have something to say that yeah needs to be heard and like I know it to be true um because of response that I've gotten back but yeah that's hard yeah sometimes we self-censor ourselves before it even gets a chance to get out absolutely absolutely (laughs) and like I I do that a lot just in in talking and my friend pointed it out to me one day someone who I've known since high school um she was like hey like I just want to let you know that like you and not in a bad mean way but she was like yeah you like self-edit and she's like just say it you're good like because every time that you say whatever you end up saying it's great and Mm. I was like okay all right that's what friends are for for. but it was it was super interesting because I mean I've known her since high school but like our friendship is actually starting to get closer now Mm -hmm. um in terms of like our our personal missions and purposes feel like really aligned um, in terms of self-care and being mindful and owning and empowering our best and worst selves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was super, when she told me, I was like, oh, Megan, huh? But I was also like, oh, she loves me. And like, I know that's what this is. And if she's telling me, it must be true. <laughs> and just to hear it and yeah. be con- conscious of it. 
What first made you um, make your writing public in a blog form instead of a journal? <laughs> what first made me? Be, because I was scared of it. Yeah. So you're and, like, oh, I And so I was like, so I have, have to, to do it. The first thing I um, posted, I like made a different Instagram to account to share my writing on. Um, but I had gone through like old poems I had written in college mm -hmm. for a poetry contest that I did not win <laughs> <laughs> or get, even get a mention. Um, and I was doing a production of Death of the Last Black Man in the whole entire world <clears throat> at Signature last year. And um, in this po one of the poems that I found, it was eerily similar to the themes that were in Death of the Last Black Man, which was about writing it down, writing down our history. Um, like, just, it, it, it kind of blew my mind. And I ended up giving the poem as like a closing night gift to Susan Lloyd Parks. Um, just, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm obviously not Susan Lloyd Parks, but like, the, just like the magic and of that whole experience actually. And we had like a, a term that was basically coined by Susan Laurie, where she called us the spooky Negroes. Um, and we just like owned that. And yeah, there was a lot of like energy in that cast, in that room as well. Um, and to like reach back at something from my past and to feel it so present in my present. Um, was like really cool and really scary and also it was still very much my voice um and yeah it was something about like if we write it down we will not die and like at the end of death last black man it's like you know write it down hide it under a rock and mm. and just and we will live on in history um and and it connected with me in so many ways but mostly that like our shame, uh, our pain, our anger, our love, our joy, our all, all of all of the things that we feel and that we experience. And for me, speaking as both now an American citizen and someone who was born in another in Zimbabwe, and who has lived a life that has had trauma and pain and sadness and love and all of the beautiful things, and to write it down to say that like this happened we were here and we lived a life and like maybe it'll all crumble and the aliens won't know how to interpret <laughs> it but like you know do do it for yourself actually yeah do it for yourself to acknowledge it and if you want to share it if share it and that's what I felt so I was like I do want to share it because I am scared of sharing myself even though I do it every day on stage or when I get the opportunity to do it on stage but I was like this is a part of myself that is like very hidden very mm -hmm. private and some things I will never share and I know that in terms of my writing um in terms of my personal life too like it's the balance of being like public <laughs> and being an entertainer or what have you and an artist and also like maintaining a yeah. semblance of privacy is super delicate balance I believe yeah that was and that was the first I like made a video of it um <laughs> like I did like a voiceover <laughs> and, like shared a bit of this poem and that was the first thing I posted I remember I was like sweating 
like, when you, like b- right before I like suppressed and I was like, <laughs> oh my God, guys, I share yeah. this thing named an architecture, <laughs> <It's> like, whatever. <laughs> and it's, it's silly, but like, that's what I felt. I was, I hadn't been that scared about something in a while and really I didn't understand why. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a reason to start a block, that's a really beautiful, beautiful reason. Thanks. Mm. Thank you. Unless there's something weird, at least I know I feel the podcast. I don't know if you feel this way about your blog. It's strange um, that somebody could be like listening or reading to, listening to it or reading it, like at a time when you have no awareness of it. Like mm-hmm. somebody could be reading your blog in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. and you don't know. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's been um, a journey, as it all is, um, in finding that because. Um, it is a separate Instagram account. I don't really cross post with my personal one. Um, but that thing of like someone, because you put in the right hashtag and they <laughs> were looking up that hashtag and they re- read it and they're like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, absolutely. And I was like, oh, I don't even, like, I don't even know you. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, cool, cool. This is great. And yeah, and I have a friend, um, um his he's a human connection specialist um mark groves and he has an instagram account um and his writing really like helped me through a traumatic time in my life um and now we're now we're friends like literally just saw him yesterday when while he was in town he's based in vancouver like Instagram low-key changed my life so (laughs) I feel like I'm just getting because for a long time I was like what why do people follow people they don't know like it's pictures are very personal my my account's still private Mm -hmm. like I only share it with people I know but I'm just getting into like finding other people that I find inspiring in some way yeah um and it's interesting. It I'm is going interesting. to open myself up. I'm following a few. I say open it up. A lot of, like, not I celebrities, s- but people who are doing something useful that I want to keep tabs on. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Mark, I literally shared a post on my, like, blog Instagram page. It's uh-huh. so confusing. <laughs> it's called I Defy now, by the way. Okay. Just to clear that up. Um, and uh, it was like, Christmas Eve. I have a lot of dreamy stories that I love telling. <laughs> it's I Christmas them. Eve. I want to hear them all. Um, and I'm home in Ma- Massachusetts where I grew up um, for the longest stretch of time. I've been home since college. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, scrolling through the grand right before. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is beautiful. Um, it was something about, like, wanting to be seen. Let's say that that's what it was. And, like, it really, I identified it identified with it so i i share i reposted on my page and i'm like oh my god mark always knows what to say like i would love to work with him someday dot 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 and i was like he has hundred thousand followers so many people probably like tag him and stuff comment whatever and i was like it wasn't for him to see it was for me to like just be like this guy's cool and it's christmas i'm like nobody else is there. <laughs> i was like i was like no nah, it's fine then actually I think that night he was like oh thank you for sharing like message me and like we'll talk more about like what that might mean to work together and I was like I've excuse me I that I swear to you and I was like I don't 
understand. And my friend who I think originally told me about his account, I texted her and I was like, Mark just commented on my, like a celebrity. Like I, like I felt like a celebrity had just commented on my page. And so and I spent the next three days, you know, enjoying the holidays, but also thinking about, I was like, the universe said, hey, Mirai, you put something out there. Are you serious <laughs> or not? <laughs> so I spent the Calling next three days, yeah, writing, thinking about writing this email. Finally did it, sent an email. In January, like, we had a Zoom call and, like, talked for like an hour and we were like wow this seems you know okay cool so he has a conference called masters of the universe summit uh that takes place in vancouver um which i also knew about and like a year prior had like thought about going but then i was like i don't know this person like this is strange let's not just hop on a plane to vancouver can you explain a little bit more about how you would describe what he does yes um so he you said a human human connection specialist so on his page, which is Create the Love, he posts no BS relationship advice for stronger relationships in terms of family, partners, platonic friendships, all of that. Okay. Um, so that's that's what that is. Um, sorry. <laughs> thanks. Um, don't be sorry. It's all good. <clears throat> um, and uh yeah so uh, master of the universe is also like how do we you know just be more mindful and open and stay connected to each other and make a better world you know and so i saw it and i was like that could be fun and then i didn't go and then this year i was like well i could like help you with that like and see how you do that because i had a feeling that i wanted to have a similar conference um for artists um and so yeah, I started like helping him post stuff on his Instagram pages and he was it was like a even energy exchange of like him helping me with like mm-hmm. figuring out Instagram in terms of blogging and like if that could be a business. Um and yeah, now we're friends. <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's great. And how how has that helped you or how has has that helped play into your creation of Idify? Um cuz that's a new development, right? It is new. It is a new development. Um, or, separate question. Yes. What made you start Ida <laughs> It doesn't have so, to do so with him. Yeah. But it just sounds like yeah. it might. No, no, it's definitely a part of it, for yeah. sure. Um, in terms of, like, when we could, we would schedule a phone call and helping me get... He calls me on my bluff a lot <laughs> um, in a kind and loving way. Um, so I, I do also consider him a mentor. Um, but so I defy when I started it was life after before, which was how, you know, how do we honor what happened before, but like continuing to live life after it, um, and acknowledging changes that like I was a different person (laughs) and now I'm this person and I will continue to change. Um, and now it is I defy because it was just about my writing at first and then through talking with different people and starting working at the um, the artist co-op, I started started and needed to get more specific, um, and also wanted to make it not all about me. Even though I am the founder, mm-hmm. and that was a scary thing to just realize, like, oh no, like you are the one. This is your thing. This is your child. But I had a lot of conversations with many friends and um, colleagues who 
our activists and artists and our space makers and um, as Rachel Berger calls them, slashers, um, <laughs> um, people are just doing all of the things. Um, and so I clearly like wordplay, but it this this journey with I Defy has been so it's it's mind boggling, it's beautiful, it's scary, it's confusing. Sometimes I'm like, I'm confusing everybody. It's not clear, but it's like it's just in its baby stages of forming. But um, I think initially I I had like made this post on Facebook when I was still using it heavily um, about having conversations with multiple people about what seemed like the same thing, mm. which was like not being seen as an artist, not being represented, lack of inclusion, lack of diversity, lack, lack, lack. And I adopted this term that I just made on my own, which was like, not feeling comfortable with aesthetic diversity, which I think sometimes it's like, oh, well, you know, we got like two black people. So like, we're good like right. acting in the show. But I'm like, but what is, who's producing it? Like who's an artistic director? Who's casting? Like all of these things are very important um, in terms of what I believe will help make a more inclusive world and a more inclusive art form. And so I, I made this post about that that was very long. And at the end of it, I was like, so if you're if you're tired of this, blah, 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 say I. If you're tired of this, say I. And at this point, when I made this Facebook status, Life After Before, it was still the name of this, my blog. Mm -hmm. So, and then I was like, so I'm starting a production company. And then like, it was just like, honestly, I think one of the only things that I've gotten that many reactions to, like everyone just been like, I, 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 I. <laughs> and so I went back to it one day and I was like, I, okay, that means yes. Also, like people are just like saying yes. Um, and then the defy part is clearly I like wordplay um, and <laughs> rhyming. Um, and that was um, my friend uh, Nikoma um, recommended this like website. She was like, Rhyme Zone. And, <laughs> and yeah, and it was about like, how do I defy? expectations and how do we as artists say yes to ourselves in a world of no yeah so I feel like I've rambled but it is for me it is a social social entrepreneurship endeavor that is a platform to create space for artists of all kinds to be seen as both wonderful entertainers and also as humans um and uh I think I've been yearning for that a lot and also yearning for a space that is um that is inclusive and I wanted to create that space instead of waiting for someone to do it for me yeah and it's weird because it's like digital right now and I'm like well oh, digital platform how does that work right. but would you still call it a production company no no not at this point. I mean, I think future Oprah goals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll happen. But I mean, I did produce my um, my friend's second short film. So I had that hat on <laughs> and tried it on. And I think it's a cool hat. But, it, um, you know, I had to put that to the side a little bit because of school girls rehearsals. So there's a lot of stuff going on. But um, I'm realizing I Defy is the is the endeavor that like 
gives me the same feeling that I had when I um, shared that first writing post where it's like I care about it more than like a lot of things right now which is like scary um, and exciting and hard because it's like I also really care about the show I'm in and like but it's like um, and and I don't talk about it a lot yeah, especially because it's like it's still it's, forming, it's still forming yeah. and you know I have friends that are willing to sit down with me and uh, talk to me about you know legitimizing certain aspects of it mm-hmm. um, and uh, but it feels cool and like and it feels cool because within the process of making it I'm I'm very much someone who likes to have the answers and likes to know what something is and I always have so many questions in a rehearsal room, especially because I tend to work on new plays. And Mm -hmm. I defy is like, I'm literally working against everything that I'm used to in terms of like, I just have to be okay with not knowing what it is and letting it grow. And I think that's like, I mean, I don't have children yet, but it, it feels so, it's like, turn out I'm just like really trying to love you when I can <laughs> like and no, take care of you yeah risk. yeah you're taking a risk and that's a beautiful scary thing yeah oh, I'm so, so excited for you I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to Thanks. see how it turns out your website looks amazing thanks by the by I that was another Mark Mark Groves calling me out it looks really good. <laughs> because he was like just do the thing just do it and like I put money into it and I was like do I even have this money I don't know but like yeah. you know and I like started making it and then got like really anxious about it because I realized that I had to like share a part of myself that like once again was scary and then I got back to it and when I just like sat down and finished it it was like actually the easiest process to like link my domain and do all that stuff and I was like oh the world was just like <laughs> the world the wo- yeah. it wasn't gonna, it wasn't hard yeah yeah I, it is super risky and but I think it makes a lot of sense in terms of where I see myself yeah and my favorite part excited. about it is this this video series that's the most specific part about it that I um is right now it's called talk the walk which is a talk and walk interview with a friend and then the second half of the episode would be um uh, the joy practice activity so I was gonna ask you about that yeah that seemed like a big part of it, the, it yeah. I just remember the word joy yeah joy so tell me about that um um I'm so thankful for one of my friends for saying this a couple weeks ago um because I actually just put I defy Instagram under construction because I was like I can't right now like, Too much. I'm, Too much. I was like I'm working on it every day in my soul and sometimes on my day off but play. but I'm also on a play um but she my friend Caitlin um was like oh by the way like I don't know if I've said this yet but I'm really glad that you started I defy because it reminds me that joy is a practice hmm. and I was like and she's like one of my best friends and we usually talk about silly stuff and like we're always like on Instagram together like we're very silly together but in that rare moment and we also have real conversations but I was like oh oof. you know when someone's talking about your baby and they say nice <laughs> things you're like oh yes <laughs> you got what I Maria, meant. you got and she was like thank you and 
I was like, oh, no, thank you for saying that. So, um, yeah, the in the form that is taken, because I've sh- shot three videos with some really awesome collaborators who just were like, I was like, this is my idea. Can we do it? And they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like really quick and dirty and raw. Um, a lot of boom mics and shots that we will edit <laughs> out later, but it's been really cool to see it. But the first one we shot um, was my friend Justin, um, who's an actor um, and is working on um, his vegan health blog and uh, becoming a nutritionist and all these awesome things. And so when I asked people if they were interested in doing an interview, I'd be like, so what's your joy practice? What do you do to say yes to yourself, um, to take care of yourself? And he listed like in his email back to me, he was like sleeping, binge watching, researching. And this, this is a man who is always hustling in alignment. Like I, I think I do too much in alignment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like always in alignment with his goals. And like, Mm -hmm. if they change, like amazing human. I was like, yes, you better say sleeping and cooking and like binge watch. You better say that. And then he said working out. And I was like, okay, I guess we're going to be working out. So we we did like a. Or you did it with him. I I did it with him. Yeah. So it is. And so I get. Can we take a nap together? Can we take a nap? What about that nap though? For this video. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's cool. And it's like awesome for me because. I get to do all these cool, fun things with my friends. (laughs) And like the goal, the dream dream is to be able to travel to other states, countries, meet other artists. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want it to feel insular um, in terms of like, I mean, right now it's my friends. Yeah. (laughs) It's people I know, which is cool. Yeah. Um, One day. But yeah, like the dream dream is to like be able to do that and explore in that way because I also do really love traveling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was so awesome to like talk to my friends about their journey and then like practice like a fun joy thing. Another episode is lingerie shopping. <laughs> and the third one that we've done so far was like acupuncture. So yeah, it's been really cool to see what people choose. What does your family think about you being an artist for your career? There it is. There's the one. That question. <laughs> what do they think? Or how do they how do they take it in? Hmm. I think. So, I was born in Zimbabwe, and I'm not first generation, but because I grew up in Massachusetts, mostly like I feel first generation gotcha. a little bit. But um, so and my, how old were you when you moved there? Like moved from or, there, or moved to Massachusetts? Um, like three, four. Okay. And I have two older brothers. Um, And so they're very supportive. I'm the one that's like, it's not that I'm secretive. It's just like I, especially with like theater stuff and like everything that's happening, I'm like, I'm working. I'm at a job. And so the way that I treat it, I don't, I'm not someone who's like, hey, fam, like doing, I'm like, when I talk to them on the phone, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going to rehearsal. Um, And because there is like a learning curve um, where like, going to school for the- for theater was a thing yeah. as in not a good thing <laughs> um and not a bad thing but it was a fight it was a fight and i i mostly um with my dad but um i did it <laughs> and i took business classes um 
to appease. And also, I'm, I'm glad. I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I listened to my dad <laughs> in that vein. Um, but it, it, it's, and I think with many people joke about it, um, but many African and like first gen ish parent like families, it's like you're doing what? Right. You're doing art? I don't understand. And it's not. And so it's weird to talk about because I don't think it's like a flaw of theirs. It's just like not a thing that I think was ever an option. Right. And I'm glad that I'm my father's daughter because I'm stubborn, (laughs) as is he. And I think what really changed my relationship to the fact that I was doing theater and that like I wanted to include my family in that success was when they came when my mom and dad came um to see Humana Mm. so we had our apprentice show and they but it was Humana so like I basically didn't really see my family um and thankfully because my friend Macy who was my Louisville friend, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would like pawn her off on them <laughs> um, or them off on her. And I was like, oh, my parents are in town. Like, show them around and, you know, take care of them if you can. Like, thanks. <laughs> um, but it was like really, like, I felt really loved in that moment because I was like, y'all came to Louisville, Kentucky to see this, like, our show <laughs> with like a lot of strangers that you don't know but I've been with for nine months and mm-hmm. um and they had a great time and I did get to see them and like spend time with them but it was like really special to me that they did that and no matter what like I know that they because they know that I'm not giving it up <laughs> they're like cool like as long as As long as you're not doing bad things, I think they're happy right. for me. And I they don't want to see you coast by somewhere. They yeah, I mean, I think hard yeah, I think it, it's like it was what was ingrained was hard work. Yeah. Was like treating people well and not being a douchebag to other people. Yeah. Um, it sounds so simple, and yet. And yeah, and yet, <laughs> and yeah, and I think, I think. The fact that, like, during college I did internships in theater and I, like, basically approached and still approach it as job and work and, like, and fun. And I am I know that it's fun and, like, get to act. Like, you know, step and repeats. I'm like, I love it. <laughs> I love it all. But I, I do believe that, like, the part of me that wanted to go to school for theater in the first place is someone is a like teenager that knew that that is how I wanted to enact change as an artist. And there, I think I was saying this to somebody the other day, I was like, not to be a cliche, but like, I genuinely don't know what else I would have done. Like, I know I'm not good at math, but like, I guess I would have been an English major, but Avenue Q was out and I heard, yeah. Yeah. And like, (laughs) I was like, what do you do with the BFA, BA in English? Like that was, I was like, no, <laughs> no, they said not to. And this is a musical, so <laughs> so I guess I should do theater. Um, yeah, and I just approaching it 
with that mindset that I, I totally think that my parents instilled in me and I think it's just like and then they came with the uh a big group from my like home church in Framingham that I grew up in um the bus of like 20 people more maybe I don't know came to see last black man last year and I was like so yeah it's like like and also the word and my my favorite story though is like so I have two older brothers and um at some point growing up my oldest brother Farai um he um went to boarding school in um Africa and so I didn't really grow up with him how much older is he six years um, and then that like kind of caused like a, like a weird relationship because I was like, you were gone for so long. Like, I don't even like, who are you? Yeah. Like, what is happening here? And it was really close to my middle brother, um, Kunyai. Anyways, fast forward and like, <laughs> and he loves cars and, but he's also like a wonderful, like graphic artist. Um, and actually I truly believe that everyone in my family is an artist they just don't like pursue it and it's and my dad loves music and mm. like I'm like okay y'all I'll be the artist for us <laughs> um, <laughs> no but that's great that yeah. they're appreciators yeah 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 of course absolutely and now we like go see movies together. it's fun but my brother Fry um like very very distant like really didn't I was like you're my brother but like I don't even know <laughs> and um he he loves seeing me in plays, <laughs> like, like, oh. and I became the last black man, and that play is dense. And I remember, and he came with my aunt and uncle. My aunt is like all about it. If she could, <laughs> she would be my manager. <laughs> like, and like, that's my aunt on my mom's side. And um, but so they came to see Last Black Man, and then we went to get dinner in between shows. And he was so upset. He was like, what? Asking me all these questions. I ended up handing him my whole dramaturgy packet. He was like, he did not. He was like, but he was there for the discussion. And I was like, whoa. Like, I'm having a discussion with my brother who is, like, certified in Mini Coopers and is, like, he he also, like, makes beats and, like, music and stuff. And, like, about this play that, like, he just didn't get. But like he didn't hate it. He's just like I was like, this is what this is what I want. This is why I'm doing this. That's awesome. And um, yeah, he still has that dramaturgy packet, which I want back. But um, (laughs) yeah, and he and he he was like, I have this idea. Like, I want to like come to your plays, and then like, can I review them on YouTube? And I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. (laughs) And yeah, and like we just like super like I mean the relationship was getting better before all the theater stuff, but like. Yeah, and I think he went to see me in Mother Courage. Yeah, and that's when he was like, whoa, theater. (laughs) Um, But now he's just been, like, super supportive, and it's really, like, totally changed our relationship um, in a beautiful way where, like, and my family, like, we we don't actually, like, talk a whole lot. Like, we're all very independent. Like, I was telling you, my mom lives in Vegas now, my parents are still together, but she moved there for a job. Um, mm-hmm. She's a nurse practitioner. So that's also a new development for our family. So, like, I'm in New York. I was the first one to, like, leave. Right. My brothers stayed pretty close. Like, my Gwenyai went to school in Connecticut, and Fry was in school in 
uh, well, he lives in Rhode Island. So, like, I was like, bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, two weeks after commencement, um, which was also a, a big fight. <laughs> they were like, do you have a job? I was like, no. They're like, where are you living? I'm like, don't know. And I, and <laughs> I moved. Um, so now I'm like, oh, we're all a little bit spread out. And, like, the boys are in, like, Massachusetts area. And, like, mm-hmm. my mom's in Vegas. But um, so we kind of are now forced to, like, actually – be in better communication right. because it's not just like me who's four hours away um but yeah despite that like minimal communication it's like as long as you're not being a douchebag and you're like working hard and <laughs> being kind like and doing good, good like all good things. we're happy for you and I know I know that in my spirit and like family stuff can be hard but I do appreciate that like my stubbornness <laughs> And my family's ability to let me just, like, yeah. go and be 17 and going to school on Long Island, doing theater, and honestly not really spending summers at home because I was like, I want to do internships. Right. I want to learn how to do theater. Like, from the administrative side um, was, yeah, they just let me live, um, which is nice. Can I ask you're having we've kind of covered some of this already but if you're having a day where you're feeling really down and uninspired Mm -hmm. are there any concrete things that you reach for again and again like a book or music or a place you go um I know we already talked about walking yeah 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 um I love music and I'm realizing that I recently I'm realizing that I like that's the thing that usually does it all if I don't have the words I know there's a song (laughs) like the other day I was like wasn't I wasn't feeling inspired I don't know it was just something was off and but I had recently been to the artist club gala uh yeah it was the morning after that and um I uh, one of the songs that they sang during the performance part of the night um I hadn't, re- I wasn't like really paying attention at first for whatever reason. And then I was like, and then I found myself like mouthing the words and I was like, what? Like what? And then it was a song from Songs from, songs from a New World. Oh. And then another person who was nearby in a um, nearby table, um, we started like mouthing the words together. And it was like one of those like really like geeky theater <laughs> moments where it was fine. And I was like, Mary, like, what like what are you doing the next day I was feeling wonky and I was like songs for new world and I played that on my commute the whole way and I was so pleased and I was still like in a like weird emotional space but Mm -hmm. I was like I remember listening to that album on repeat and I was like this is musical theater at its finest And uh, to revisit it and to know all the words and all the riffs as someone who's not necessarily a musical theater performer, I was like, this is beautiful. (laughs) And this is what music can do. And it's It's true. And when I would like, when I was writing more consistently and like working on that play. (laughs) That's going to have to be the next podcast. We talk about that play. The play. play Did she finish the play? (laughs) Will she finish the play ever? <laughs> um, yeah, I would like make playlists and yeah. uh, listen to instrumentals more so. So I guess that's the, yeah. it, it just, because I can't, especially if I know the music or if it's an in- instrumental, I can just 
like let it happen and right. like it work won't distract you yeah um no, if I'm like trying to find an inspiration I, I won't listen to gotcha. something that I don't know <laughs> have you seen anything recently that you want to recommend of any art form God, I have. Oh, oh, um, I have been seeing a lot of stuff. That's why I was like, I know what the, the answer is yes, but I'm like, what am I? Which is, what is it going to be? Um, <laughs> I saw Sinking Ink at the Flea. I don't want to just say it was amazing. I think, and I think I believe this for a while, that there's like a really direct line between theater spirituality and like ritual like Mm -hmm. regardless of what you believe about anything for me and so sinking ink was this this beautiful colorful vibrant ritual and celebration of hip-hop blackness joy journeying to like finding ourselves Mm. through this character that was journeying to find themselves and to own that they were a master and honestly the night I went I like rushed there from rehearsal because the show was at 7 and got out at 6.30 and I was like oh my god am I even going to make it and um, it was actually I mean they've been having like really great generous crowds and like a lot of people come in groups coming people going I I already went but like I think I'm gonna go again like multiple friends of mine have been like I went to see singing Inc. did you see it yet I kind of want to go again <laughs> um but um the night that I went actually happened to be like a fairly small audience and yet and this is why I was like this is a really powerful piece of theater it was cool like it it because the performers were so vibrant and were living and breathing and moving and dancing and like really intricate like Mm. raps like really intricate stuff and then there's like a cypher at the end and the moment when I realized that it was happening live Mm -hmm. that this cypher I was like wait you mean there's no script (laughs) now like not only can they do the script really well they did the script well like there was already a lot in there (laughs) it was just like wow like just virtuosic honestly so it was cool it was cool and i think do you think is it still running now it is still running now i feel like it ends at the end of the month no but that sounds awesome yeah yeah it was it was great um nigel smith directed it um when does your play start if people want to come see it um we start previews november 1st and right now we run through december 10th um, we open officially on the 16th of November, and um, we're at the Lucille Hotel, right on Christopher Street. Um, so the marquee's up. It's so weird. Awesome. It's so strange, but it's so lovely, and I'm really excited. Yeah, Mira, thank yes. you so much for doing this. No, thank you. Thank you for really having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Compass Podcast. If you find these conversations valuable to your life as an artist and would like to support the ongoing production of the Compass, 
please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash the compass podcast pledges start at as little as one dollar a month you'll get access to bonus content and anything you can give would be greatly appreciated also if you have a moment please rate or review in itunes every little bit helps other listeners to find the podcast i'd like to thank the following people for their generosity the compass cover art is by kim miller music by brendan spieth Audio assistance from Nick Choksi, and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.